Today we get a bit of a peek behind the curtain at spring training and get to chat with one of the top 30 prospects in the Cardinals organization, Victor Scott II, on today's episode of Locked on Cardinals. You are Locked on Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm J.D. Hafford, and I'm a national radio sports anchor, born and raised in the Lou and a lifetime Cardinals fan, and I'm your host for Locked On Cardinals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, covering your team every day. You can follow me on Twitter at J.D. Sports Radio, as well as the podcast at LO underscore Cardinals. We want to thank those of you who make Locked On Cardinals your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. You can subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Also available on YouTube. If you like the visuals, be sure to like and subscribe and comment. That way you can interact with us. Hit that notification button button so you know when new episodes are posted this is a show serving cardinal nation and giving the best fans in baseball all of the info about the birds on the bat today's episode being brought to you by fanduel sportsbook the official sportsbook of locked on make every moment more visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started so what we uh like to do is introduce you to some of the top prospects that the Cardinals have coming up through their system. Uh, we've had a chance to talk to Gordon Graceffo, Mike Antico, and today we're going to welcome to the show another one of the top 30 prospects in the organization. Victor Scott II is joining the podcast today. Good uh, afternoon, Victor. How are you, man? I'm doing, I'm doing all right. How's it going over there? It's not bad. Uh, probably not quite as nice as you guys have it down there in Florida, but hey, what, what are you going to do? That's why you guys are there, spring training, to have uh, you know nice weather. That way you can play some ball. Um, right. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Uh, why don't we start where we, you know we can introduce you a little bit to the audience and uh, you know tell them a, a little bit about yourself. Born in Atlanta, that is correct, right? Yep, yep, born in Atlanta. Okay, so does that make you a Braves fan as a, as a kid growing up? Uh yeah, I watched the I watched the Braves growing up and watched the Pittsburgh Pirates a lot growing up. So, okay, all right, yeah. Uh, did you have a, a certain favorite player on either one of those teams while you were when you were a kid? Yeah, a, a lot. Um, I watched uh, Andrew McCutcheon a lot, so that's why I was kind of became like a, a Pirates fan, more so like a players fan there. But sure. uh, my dad is from Pittsburgh, so I was kind of just following in his footsteps and and wanted to watch a team that where he grew up from. So. End up watching a lot of McCutcheon. <laughs> yeah, it, it's kind of cool that he's back with the Pirates. He always looked kind of kind of odd seeing him in different uniforms over the last couple right. of years. So it just feels right that he's back right. with the Pirates this year. Um, if you could meet any player while you were a kid growing up, somebody you looked up to, was McCutcheon the guy that you uh, would have liked to have met? Yeah, yeah, I'll, yeah, most definitely. Probably McCutcheon or uh, Starling Marte. Two guys I looked up to. So that's kind of cool that both of them are still in the league, though. Even though uh, you know, as a kid growing up, you got to watch them, and now they're they're still around and still doing their thing. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, got the potential to play them now, so that'd be pretty cool. <laughs> I know. Now, is that going to be weird? Like, if you had to go up against them, are you going to be kind of? Do you get the shock and awe when you get around some of your heroes? Um, not necessarily, but it is kind of like cool to, like to, to remember where I was as a kid, like looking up to them and wanting to be them. And then now you're on the same stage as them. So it's, it's, it's a pretty cool feeling. Yeah. Yeah. I'll bet. Uh, did you have any favorite sports outside of baseball? I know, uh, obviously you've got the speed, your parents were athletes. Uh, what other sports did you get into? Um, I played basketball and baseball 
and football growing up. So those three sports, my dad was a football and track guy. I never personally got to run, uh, run track because it was in the same season as baseball. So um, right. I was pretty much just on the just on the court on the football field. Now, if you weren't playing baseball, which sport do you think you would have gravitated more? Would it be basketball or football? Um, probably, probably football. But I'm gonna go on the track route, so probably on the track. <laughs> Yeah. Less chances of getting knocked out when you're on the track. You don't have to worry about that right. so much. <laughs> uh, how about in your downtime? What kind of stuff do you like to get into in your downtime? Are you a, a computer guy? Are you a video game guy? What do you do? Um, so not necessarily like a video game guy. I like to uh, make music when I'm back at home, and I also like to bowl. So that's what a lot of my a lot of my downtime was spent doing. <laughs> there you go. How many how many 300 right. games you got under your belt? You got any? Um, haven't haven't been up that up that high to 300 uh closest i got to 300 was a 250 so still not too shabby it's all right it's all right <laughs> uh now as far as diet being a a pro athlete are you are you a health nut or are you somebody that just kind of you just know what you can get away with and what you can't um yeah i'm kind of like on the I'll probably say like the middle ground of that. Like I'm not too much of like a counting calories guy or yeah, I kind of just make sure I have like a green and whatever I'm eating or um, drink a lot of water type of thing. So not necessarily like a super health nut, but I'm on the health side. Yeah. You, you kind of have to be, it's just the way it works when you're a pro athlete. Now, if you do have a cheat day, what's that meal that you're going to that you're like, I don't care about anything today. I'm eating this. What would it be? Um, Probably like, IHOP or Waffle House, waffles, pancakes. <laughs> I'm all in. So. <laughs> hey guys, some people don't like breakfast food, and that's weird to me because it's that one food that is good any time of the day, don't matter when it's made. Yeah, yeah so. no. Nah. Seriously, <laughs> I get I get you there. All right. So um, we got your background. We go to West Virginia. That's where you went to college. For those of uh, you that don't know about that, had a very successful career there. Do you have a top memory about being a Mountaineer and uh, playing in college that uh, you can tell us about? So kind of to disassociate like the top memory and playing in college, um, probably one of my top memories is uh, we have like this thing called like the Big 12 Challenge. And it's basically like a whole bunch of hard things that are compiled into one week. So, and at West Virginia, of course, it's like a lot of hills and, and whatnot. So sure. we had this really, really long hill that's right next to the football stadium. It's called Law School Hill. And we had to run that nine times. And that was, that's probably my best memory because I just remember <laughs> how hard that was and what it took to overcome that and try to get other people up the hill that were on your team. So it was, it was definitely difficult. But um, yeah, um, running on hills the, on the baseball side. Yeah, running the hills is, isn't necessarily the, the best. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> it's exhausting, man. I hated that in college. Right, right. And then um, on the baseball side, I'd probably say I robbed a home run at uh, at Charlotte. Yeah, UNC Charlotte last year. And that was probably like the one of the most like exhilarating feelings I've had since I was there. Now, how far over to the the over the wall did you go? Because some people get it and they jump up again. They're like, "Oh, robbed a home run!" And it's like it looked like it might have hit off the top of the wall. How far over did you get? Um, I was probably like three, two to two to three feet over the wall. So I got up. I got up pretty high and, <laughs> and ended up like grabbing it for somehow. I don't know, but <laughs> it's <was> crazy. <laughs> 
So it was a legit robbing of a home run. It wasn't one of these little fake ones that people get away with. Yeah. Yeah, it, okay. was, it was legit. All right. Uh, <laughs> one of the things that uh, you also did in college is you broke the record uh, for stolen bases. Now, when it comes to stealing bases, you kind of grew up in a time where it wasn't like how it was in the 80s when, you know, Ricky and the, you know, the Cardinals, people are stealing hundreds of bases in a season. You know, the stolen base thing kind of got lost over the years. Uh, was there a, a certain player that you watched that maybe you took some tips from when it came to learning to steal bases? Um, I watched a lot of uh, Starling Marte in that aspect. I know I keep on bringing him up, but um, I definitely good, watched man. him a lot. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a, good, a good ball player, but I watched him um, trying to – like kind of mimic his first step because he always seemed like he had a step before the pitcher. So I was like, man, maybe if I got that step before the pitcher, I could be as successful, if not more successful than, than he is. So that's kind of what I try to emulate. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's an art to stealing bases. And we're going to talk more about uh, stealing bags here in a minute. I want to get on to when you got drafted by the Cardinals, you were a fifth round pick uh, just last year, 2022. Uh, where were you on draft day? Cause it's always an interesting story when it comes to baseball players getting drafted. Cause it's a totally different thing than, you know, people associate a draft with the NFL or the NBA major league baseball draft, totally different, a lot more rounds. What were you doing that day when you got the call? Um, so that day I had a I had a workout earlier that day and I, I hit and then I came back home and my mom and my dad were just getting back home from work. Um, and then my girlfriend was also there um, and I was just sitting on the bed watching the draft tracker on my phone and then uh, sitting next to my phone, just waiting for my for my agent to call me and, and report some good news. And I texted him probably like 30 seconds before. And I was like, Hey, are you hearing anything? And he was like, no, nothing yet. Like 15 to 30 seconds later, he called me. And then uh, he was like, Hey, you're about to hear your name called on the screen. And I was like, I don't know. It just felt so surreal. Like all the, like the, the hard work that you put in just kind of like was, was showed on display. And it was just, your name was called and got the tingly feeling and all. So it was pretty neat celebrating it like with my, with my parents and my loved ones too. So it was pretty cool. Now, uh, the St. Louis Cardinals are the team that obviously took you. Um, were you familiar with the Cardinals organization? I mean, if you followed the Pirates, obviously you, you know a little bit about the Cardinals being in the same division and all. But uh, were, were you excited when you were like, whoa, St. Louis, what am I going to do there? Yeah, I was I was actually really, really excited. Um, my aunt, she, she passed away probably, I want to say, three months prior to the draft. And she lived in a, um, she lived in St. Louis. So. It was I have like a lot of family in St. Louis, too. So it was it was kind of cool to to see like my name was called by them because it felt like she she had a part in it. So it was just kind of a connection there. And I, I definitely enjoyed it. Kind of one of those uh, surreal moments where it was like meant to be. You're like, no way. No yeah. way. Yeah. Cardinals are the ones that took me. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah, pretty so you get your bonus money in the fifth round there. Uh, what was the first thing you bought? anything fun um i'm not like a big like super like materialistic guy or um like big cars or anything like that so i kind of just i think i went to the mall and bought myself a pair of shoes and then the rest <laughs> of it i put in my savings because i was like man i can't see this anymore yeah no i understand do you remember what kind of shoes you got do you have a specific style that uh, you're more attracted to mm -hmm. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, the first pair of shoes I got, I believe, were uh, Alexander McQueen's. I don't know if you've ever heard of those, but um, like kind of like dressy shoes on the on that end. But I'm like a, I like Jordans. I like uh, Nikes. Pretty much just the just the standard standard yeah. guy. Understood. Understood. All right. Well, last year was your first year in the minor league system, so we're going to talk more about that with Victor, and uh, we're going to talk about some of your teammates that you had at Palm Beach, and uh, obviously we got to ask you some questions about spring training, so we're going to do that next year on Locked On Cardinals. Uh, what I want to talk about real quick, though, is in case you guys haven't visited FanDuel yet, you need to do so. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, it's secure, it's super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scorers and three-pointers drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. That's where you make a bunch of smaller bets, and as the game goes on, you can say to continue to hit on those, and your chances at a, a bigger score increases. So it's a good way to make a, a full game a little more interesting than just waiting on what the final score is going to be. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. We're visiting with uh, Victor Scott II here on Locked on Cardinals. And uh, let's talk about what you did uh, this past year. Uh, you get drafted by the Cardinals fifth round. Uh, you go to the Cape Cod League, and then you end up at Palm Beach. So what was the biggest adjustment for you going from the college game and then hitting the minor leagues right after it? Um, I would say the, the biggest adjustment is the the new rules and the time clock. So the the pace of play is a, is definitely a lot faster. You know, in college, you're, you're having sometimes three-hour, 30-minute games to four-hour games, like Oof. on average. And then yeah. you get here, and then the games are are two hours and 30 minutes long, maybe three hours at the most. So it was uh, definitely like a difference in the pace of play. Um, I'd say like pitchers-wise and just how people play the game, it's definitely like a little bit more, um, I would say like relaxed because – more people are like focused on their skill set. So yeah. and it's not necessarily like like their their direction is to to winning each and every game. It's like individual players are playing to get to you know a certain standard that they want to get to. So you right. can you kind of like sense that in the gameplay. But okay. Yeah it's interesting because because each guy is kind of, yeah, you're like, okay, it, we're a team and we're trying to win, but at the same time, look, I'm trying to get up another level, so I'm working on my own yeah, I'm trying, I'm trying craft. To yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. So right. that, that that is part of it. I, you know, I haven't heard that answer very often. Um, so with the new rules and everything, moving on, because uh, this has obviously been a huge talk now that uh, the major leagues are, are using these rules as well. Does the game feel rushed to you? Because as fans – most fans seem pretty darn happy with it. They like the fact that things are moving a little bit quicker, not a lot of a lot of downtime. But at the same time, being a former player, I know that there are moments in the game where you're kind of like, I need to take a breath. Hold on. Let me get my, my stuff together here and get coordinated. And then you don't really have that chance to do that anymore because you get the one time out as a hitter. I think it's even tougher on the pitchers out there who don't have a chance. You know, they throw three balls in a row and they want to step off or whatever. They don't really have the opportunity to do that some more. 
Um, does the game feel rushed to you as a player when you first started getting used to these rules? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It definitely felt. I had to change. Uh, had to change up my routine. I think my first or second AB, like in pro ball, I think I got struck out by the time clock. So <laughs> I was like, "This is so new to me." But I got to make an adjustment, like my my, <laughs> my pre pitch routine. So I had to start. Uh, you know, not not necessarily unwinding and winding the gloves. Just just if you swing at a pitch and foul it off, you get right back in there and, and you're ready to go so uh, what was your reaction when sure, you got struck sure. out by the clock were you were you like excuse me what what did you say i'm out yeah that, that's exact. that's pretty much how, <laughs> how i reacted he said uh he said strike three and i was like oh i could have sworn the count was was oh was 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 one two or two two i yeah. was like oh what happened where did the strike come from and then <laughs> sure enough i look at the time clock and he was like you weren't you weren't in the box looking at the picture. I was in the box, but wasn't looking at the picture yet. So, it, it got me with that. <laughs> what is it? yeah? Just a strange. It's strange, but I've noticed uh, watching spring training games that people are. It's you're seeing less violations already. People are kind of getting into the into the groove of it. So uh, you know, it takes a little bit of time to get used to, but you know, it looks. It seems like people are picking up on it pretty quickly. Uh, I want to talk yeah. about your Palm Beach team real quick. Uh, there are some names that. You know, you being in the top 30 prospects, some other guys that are, are on that list were also your teammates, guys like Joshua Baez, Leonardo Bernal, uh, Jimmy Crooks the third, and uh, the organization's top pitching prospect, Tink Hintz, also on the roster last year. Now, we've seen Hintz this spring, and he's been really, really good. What is it about Tink that makes him so tough to hit? Um, So so what makes Tink so tough to hit is he has he has three, three pitches, to my knowledge, but um, and he and they're all elite. So when you have three pitches that you can control that are all elite, it's kind of it's kind of hard as a hitter to to know that he has that much confidence in his pitches and he knows where they're going. And it's like he has three plus plus pitches that you have to essentially try to hit. So um, and he pl- he does a good job with with planning those pitches. So it doesn't really look like you can't see the spin out of his hand necessarily. But like when it gets like halfway to the plate, that's when it starts to either rise his fastball or or start to go down and into a righty as his changeup or, or start to break down as his as his curveball or slider. So it's it's definitely pretty fun to watch him throw. Kind of you know, electric guy. So yeah. yeah. And now I mean just 20 years old. I mean, you guys are all young men, but like just 20 years old for Tink, he's got uh He's got, a, he's got a bright future ahead of him, as do a lot of your uh, teammates from that team. Uh, one of the things that you do really well, speaking of skill sets, is obviously the stolen bases, which we brought up because, uh, you know, you did so well at uh, West Virginia with them. Um, and I want to get to the new rules on this as well. Has it been easier for you when it comes to stealing bases because of the new disengagement rules for pitchers and the bigger bases? Have you found them to, to make life a little easier for guys like you who can steal bases so well? Yeah, it's it's basically like a like a game of chess at that point. Um, you know, like it's like a game of chess, but you know the person's next move. So mm-hmm. if he picks off, I know he only has essentially one left, and then he has another one, but he has to get me out. So you can kind of play with him, try to try to get a, a better pitch for the for the hitter. But that's essentially like what what my job is. I'm just trying to trying to make that pitcher really think. Like, okay, if I pick off more than once, he's gonna steal on this pitch. And then meanwhile, while he's thinking all that, he's, he gives the gives the hitter a nice, a nice fastball to hit. So 
Right. <laughs> That's essentially what I, what I'm trying to do. But um, yeah. as a as a base stealer, it's it's definitely fun to take a I would say like advantage of because you essentially know he only has really two times to pick off, and on that third one he has to get you. So yeah. But, but yeah. Um, what about catchers throwing behind you over at first base? We're starting to see that a, a lot more in the spring. Uh, one of the guys for the Cardinals, Wilson Contreras, has been uh, amazing at that over the years. Yadier Molina before that was one of the best to ever do it. Uh, have you noticed that a lot uh, in your first year? Was that something that you had in the back of your head all the time that, all right, let's not get off too far here at first base because I might get caught? Yeah, yeah, that's definitely something I had in my head. It's, it happened a couple times like in college where – I get off too far, I get too antsy because I'm ready to steal. And then they end up picking off and I'm kind of like, like frozen, like a deer in headlights. So um, that definitely has happened before. So I've, I've been <laughs> on that side of the boat as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's, I think that's one way that the, the major league teams are going to try to try to keep the, the, the running game at bay uh, this year. It just seems like something that'll probably, you'll see a lot more of those than maybe you did in the past where it was like maybe once or twice a game. Now it might be a couple more times. So it's just something to keep in the back of your mind as a fan that you might see a couple more pickoff throws down there to first base from the catchers uh, this year. Now, coming into the season, um, Major League Baseball put out that fresh new top prospect list for the league and each team. They, they, they call it the MLB Pipeline Top 100. I know you're familiar with this, but some of the listeners may not be. And then what they do is they drop a top 30 for each team. You ended up landing at number 29 on the list for the Cardinals this season. Uh, what was your initial thought when you heard that news that you would crack the top 30, which is a which is a big deal? Yeah, um, I was I was pretty stoked. I, I, I remember seeing it. I was like at training, and I was like, oh, man, this is pretty cool. And then my trainer was like, well, you, you know where the next goal is. So top 10, the next goal. And I was like, right, right. So I kind of just, I was, I acknowledged it for, I, I'd probably say like five minutes, a couple minutes or so, told my mom and dad about it. And then uh, kind of moved on to, to saying, well, you know, we keep on working hard like we are, we can end up in the top 10. So that's my next goal. All right. Yeah, that's what we're looking forward to. And I, I like that attitude, man, because that's what you got to do. Keep getting better each and every day. Uh, now that you're at spring training, what is because most of us don't get to see the behind the scenes of what you guys are doing. You know, we'll hear about you guys on backfields and obviously you'll see a few games uh, throughout the uh, spring. But what's a normal day at spring training like for you? Like what time are you guys getting up and getting going on a day? So a normal day of, of spring training um we normally have breakfast in the mornings. Uh, probably if if you leave, if the bus leaves at 8.45, I'll get down there at 8.30 just so I can have like 15 minutes to eat. Um, hop on the bus and then we'll head over to the field. Once you get to the field, you'll, you'll go ahead and suit up and then you'll head to body preparation. So that, that just accounts for like mobility, you know, uh, working on feeling the thing like your core, things that you need, you know, for that day. Um, after that, then you go into we we all split off into separate fields. So um, it may be like the older guys on one field, the the young guys on another, kind of like the middle age. However, like between I don't want to say like a split up between like the levels, but it it kind of is to to put it like that, um, just so it's a little bit easier to to um, grasp onto. But um, sure. we'll go through a warm up, um. And then the outfielders and infielders kind of break off and then do like individual defense or go to the cages. Um, once that once that time limit is is done, then they'll switch. And then we may do like um, kind of like mass defense on the field or like 
base running, and then we'll go into like a like a BP on the field. And then if you have live that day, then you'll hit off of a pitcher, which is which is pretty fun. Um, always competing with those guys, and and after that, you grow, you grab lunch, and you're pretty much home free or hotel free. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to making some music, right? That's what you do with uh, when you're done with the day, right? Right, right. <laughs> So uh, so far in camp, who's been the nastiest pitcher you've gotten to see in uh, in live batting practice? I faced I faced uh, our first round our first round pick uh, Cooper Jerby. Yeah. Today I faced him today. He's pretty pretty deceptive. Um, ball kind of comes out from I don't even know how to describe it. It's like his <laughs> like his hip kind of. It's it's, okay. it's odd. It's odd for sure. But it's it's definitely. He, uh, I see why he went in the first round. He's a he's a great pitcher. <laughs> it was a pretty good AB I put up against him too. But um, he he's probably the probably the nastiest. He threw a slider that I didn't even know was a slider today. So I mean, <laughs> crazy. <laughs> well, that's good. Good news for the Cardinals. Maybe they picked a good one there in the first round. Uh, yeah, when you're talking arm slots, you know you're used to seeing a ball come out of a certain area, and uh, when it drops down and <laughs> comes out of somewhere you aren't used to, it's a little. A little weird, pretty deceptive. Yeah. Um, so you get to camp and you show up and you're around guys like, you know, famous ball players, Nolan Arenado, Paul Goldschmidt, Adam Wainwright could be your dad, dude. That's how old he is nowadays. Uh, Wilson Contreras, guys that, you know, you've seen growing up. Do you go over and talk to them and introduce yourself? Or is that something that's kind of like forbidden? You guys, uh, you got to hang back a little bit. Um, Me personally, me personally, I'm more like a quiet guy, so I kind of just try to like listen to like little things that they say or to someone else and try to pick up on. But I have introduced myself to them. Um, I don't necessarily like the only time I've been up there is when like we're in game time. So I kind of just let them have that time to themselves because sure. I mean, they're they're professionals or we're all professionals, but they're like big name guys. So I just try to stay out the way, try to observe from from the seats in the back and just try to see like things they do and then how they go about being, being as good as they are. So now as an outfielder, you'll obviously spend time with other outfielders more than uh, any of the other position players. Uh, I read online Statcast measured you with multiple sub four home to first times in the Florida state league. And you recorded 11 of the 12 highest sprint speeds on the Palm beach base paths, despite your relatively late start. Uh, the, your, your legs make you a natural center fielder and you've got enough arm to handle yourself out there. The legs are a big part of your game. So who's faster, you or say Tyler O'Neill, who's considered one of the fastest guys in all of baseball? You know, I'm going to, I know, I know Tyler's got some wheels, but I'm going to say, I'm going to say me a hundred percent. Yeah. Cause another guy yeah, on the just, team who actually, just, who, I, Always, always got to bet on myself. As you should. Always, always keep it that way. Uh, Another guy that's got got some really good wheels on the team, uh, might be one of your teammates at some point, like uh, on one of the minor league teams, is Mike Antico. He's another fast one as well. Uh, Have you gotten a chance to uh, work out with him at all? Yeah, yeah. We um, we were in the kind of, we were like two weeks ago or about about for two weeks when we first arrived, we were in step camp. So I got to to work out with him and talk to him with a little, a little because um kind of had like a connection from like the big 12 he was a Texas right. guy i was a west virginia guy so got to kind of build that build that connection that rapport for sure very nice very nice uh have you had much interaction with uh lars newt at all while he was still at camp before he left 
Um, I talked to him. I talked to him a little bit, but again, he was he was in the field and playing, so I kind of wanted to to stay out of his way, see see things like that he did that made him who he is. So when it comes to the celebrations, you know, every team's got a little something that they do, and the one thing the Cardinals were known for last year was grinding the pepper. That was that was the big deal. Uh, Lars has got yeah. Team Japan over there. He's got Shohei Otani grinding the pepper on Team Japan right now. Is there any? celebratory things that you guys do uh like that you did at palm beach or at west virginia that that you might bring up to the majors with you um what do we do we had a it was like a couple tiktok dances that we were doing it, like if you hit like a double or a triple um i know my my personal favorite is playing the guitar so i'll, I'll go up and act like i'm like a rock star or something and like if i slide in a stir for a triple i'll get up and and play and play the guitar so <laughs> so you do the strum so i was thinking you were gonna do the like the like the big oh, rock yeah, not, not, not the electric guitar not the electric <laughs> guitar. <laughs> all right i got gotcha. you all right so uh let's talk about your first start that you had uh on monday against the astros uh how were the nerves on that day when you find out you're going to be start in the starting lineup how were you feeling that day um man i was i was feeling pretty i had like those nervous butterflies going um we first, I first got like the text that I was moving. I was going to be like on the taxi squad um, the day prior. So I got sent the text from the hitting coordinator, and he was like, "You're going to be uh, um, going up to the big league game tomorrow." And I was like, "Okay, awesome." And then like ten minutes later, he texts me. He's like, "You're going to be starting," and like all the butterflies just rushed to my stomach. And I was like, "All right, I hope this isn't here tomorrow." So um, <laughs> come come the next day when I game day. Um, started off in the minor league side and practiced over there and then went up to the, to the game, warmed up like with all the, all everybody that was in the starting lineup. So I had to kind of, kind of calm myself down and, and poise myself how, how they were acting. So I put a piece of bubble gum in. And then after that, I was kind of just, I was, I was cool then, but, um, definitely had butterflies the first, the first time I, I got that text message. So, and then you go out and you, you have, out an outstanding game and then everybody's talking about you man it was uh it was pretty cool to see yeah for sure for sure what are your thoughts on jordan walker and mason Wynn? they're having outstanding springs uh you get to see them day in and day out what do you take away from what they're doing right now oh man those guys are those guys are video game characters man it's <laughs> it's pretty cool to talk to them and and see how they go about you know like their work ethic and and see like how how special of a talent these guys are like jordan's bat to ball skills and, and power input into like his bat to ball skills is, is unmatched kind of no, nothing I've really ever seen before. Um, and then you got Mason who's also bat to ball skills are well. He's, he's a fast runner and it has a, has a lightning rod of an arm. So it's, it's kind of cool to see those guys go about like their day and, and interact with them as well. I uh, mentioned earlier, you were at a ball last year. Uh, when do you guys find out like, talking about this spring right now when do you guys found out find out what level you're going to go to this year like have they have they given you any idea where you might be um not necessarily they haven't they haven't really given us like any idea yet um i'm pretty sure that would probably be like toward more towards like the end of spring training mm -hmm. um i don't necessarily like know 100 percent like when they would tell you because this is my again my first right. my first spring training so <laughs> I, I don't necessarily know right now, but uh, I'm pretty sure I'll find out as the as the spring training closes. All right. One final question for you. If one day when you make it to the major leagues, you get that first hit, what are you going to do with the baseball? I think I'm going to give it to my my mom and my dad. They uh probably the most 
influential, kind of like my my rock of people. So I can always go back to them and always talk to them. So they they've helped me all throughout my career since I was little and whatever I wanted to do, rather it be go play basketball outside with friends or or do schoolwork. I know my mom was was heavy on me with that, but um they always supported me in everything I, I've ever done. So that ball has definitely got to go to them. Where do you think sure. they, they'll put it? They got a mantle of any of your other uh, accomplishments over the years, or do you think that has a special place somewhere in the house? They'll probably, I, I have no idea where they might put that ball. <laughs> uh, they'll probably, they'll probably put it in a case somewhere. Hopefully, hopefully somewhere where it's, it's premiered in the house, but uh, <laughs> um, I have no idea, but that, that hopefully they'll put it in, like in the living room or, or, somewhere where somebody can see it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sure they will. Why wouldn't they be proud of their boy? All right. right. Well, we hope that dream becomes a reality real soon for you rather than, uh, you know, sooner rather than later. Uh, once again, thanks for jumping on here, Victor. And we hope you'll come back and join us at some time here in the future. And uh, best of luck to you this year. All right, pal? All right. Thank you. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, Cardinals Top 30 prospect, Victor Scott. Well, we want to thank you guys for uh, hanging out with us today. Thanks for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen. Now for your second listen, check out Locked on Fantasy Baseball. Win your league by listening to Matt and Dom every day as they bring you the best fantasy draft strategies. Find Locked on Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network covering your team every day. You guys are the best fans in baseball for a reason, and we'll see you next time on Locked on Cardinals. 